Podcast where two ambivalent TV viewers watch television pilots and let you know which shows soar to the highest heights of small screen or crash and burn. My name is Erin. With me, as always, is my angel of Charlie, Cameron. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm, I'm making it. Uh, I'm, You're making it. I'm, I'm a fallen angel of Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing. All, I'm doing all right, man. Man, oh man. Remember last week how we were talking about mm-hmm. that fantastic movie, Werewolf, The Beast Among Us? Yes, I remember. And we said it was an hour and a half, but it didn't feel that long. Right, right. This is the antithesis of that. I hated every second of this. Every second of this was torture. <laughs> what did we watch, honey? We watched the 1970s classic. Yeah. Charlie's Angels. And let mm-hmm. me just say right off the bat. Uh-huh. Anyone who's been complaining about the new movies, you're lucky you even got that. (laughs) You know? I mean, I I actually quite enjoyed the recent one with Elizabeth Banks and Case Do. I thought it was fine. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. solid C, C plus movie. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't anything fantastic, but it was fine. Right. Way more enjoyable than this was. Yeah. This was... I think people seem to have this misconception that Charlie's Angels was this groundbreaking feminist and, and women empowering yeah, yeah. kind of show. It's not. It's really not. It never was. I mean, is that... So I don't understand why it's directed to women, and you can tell it's directed toward women because the commercials were all Tampax commercials. <laughs> yes, they sure were. <laughs> <laughs> they were all of them. Um, or Bounty, Quicker Wipers. I mean, what kind of kept coming to mind while we were watching this was the Wonder Woman the 1970s yeah. Wonder Woman, where I'm like, I guess it was a step forward for the time. Like, hey, women can do these spy things so long as they're sexy. <laughs> and, you got, and you got Tommy Lee Jones to, to bail save you the out. day. <laughs> bail you out. By the way, I learned that Aaron's type is young Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> he's an attractive man. He's an attractive man. I mean, he's no Bradley James, okay? Bradley James no. is the pinnacle. No. Of attraction. Pinnacle. <laughs> Nobody's But young that. Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah, for sure. Old Tommy Lee Jones, too. He could get it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I like that. You should put that picture on Twitter. We'll go ahead and tweet this picture of a young Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> with uh, wind-swept hair <laughs> and a shirt open to his belly button. Looking good. Looking good. Looking good. That's it right there. Sexy. <laughs> Take a tumble with him in the mountains for sure. <laughs> so uh, you want to give us a show synopsis for today's show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wealthy mystery man named Charlie runs a detective agency via a speakerphone and his personal assistant, John Bosley. His detectives are three beautiful women who end up in a variety of difficult situations. Yeah, they're always in those difficult positions. (laughs) Compromising, you could say. (laughs) No, you know, this is unfair. I've never heard of Woodville before. I've heard of Charlie, I've heard of Bosley. Well, I think he's a traitor. Oh, oh my God. Uh. <laughs> if I only cared more to watch <laughs> further. Uh, do you want to? Oh, now, okay. 
here's a big thing, and we'll probably talk about it a lot. Do you want the episode synopsis of what this show was actually about? Yes, please, because I have no idea. There is a good possibility, after watching this for an hour and 15 minutes, this will be the first time Aaron and I know what we just watched. (laughs) Here's the episode synopsis. Okay. When a wealthy wine grower disappears, the three private investigators go undercover at the vineyard to track down the whereabouts of the body. If the body doesn't turn up in a certain amount of time, the inheritance will be presented to the man's second wife, Rachel, instead of his long-lost daughter, Janet. However, we found out in the last five seconds of the episode that Janet had hired Charlie and his angels to find the truth about what happened to her dad. Right, so she could have just come forward at any time. Any time. At any time. At any time. Because that was the whole point of the show. Was but they we kept... only find that out in the last five seconds of the episode, and the entire time I was like, why are they doing this? Yeah, we were like, we're, we're like, does Charlie just extort criminals? Because <laughs> yeah, like, they're working outside of the law. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they're not like sanctioned by any like nope. law enforcement agency, seemingly, yeah. even though they call the cops at the end. I was yeah. like, well, what's the point? Then? Didn't what make... are we doing here? I don't know. I was what are so we doing confused. Here? I was like, why? But yeah, she could have come forward. Like, she, her whole thing was like her father was murdered. This is what we find. But she thinks he was murdered. Everybody he else thinks he just disappeared, disappeared into yeah, It's more yeah. likely he just disappeared into yeah. the ether, this rich wine grower. Yeah, this super and rich so guy. And so she wanted to prove he was dead. Mm-hmm. If he didn't show up within a certain time, it was going to go to his wife. But it looks but like it would have gone to, it would have gone gone to, to his her. daughter. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing. The whole setup of the angels mm-hmm. is going in pretending to be her. And they're like, oh, we got to get rid of her yeah. because she'll get the inheritance. Yeah. She could have, like, done this from Columbus, Ohio. Yep. And just been like, yeah, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And they would have been, like, verified it and been like, it's hers because yeah. that's his daughter. And then once the bad guys were kicked out of the house, they could have dredged the swamp mm-hmm. and she could have proved that he was murdered. Exactly. And I have no idea why Tommy Lee Jones was there. The whole thing was a big... It was just so he could save the day. <laughs> it's like all the Charlie's Angels do is cause obfuscation and yeah. chaos. Yes. And it doesn't make sense. Like nope. what they're doing makes no sense. It's just making None. it worse. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I was very confused the whole time. Anyway, this show was starring Kate Jackson as Sabrina Duncan. Mm-hmm. She was in Dark Shadows for a while. Oh. So, yeah, there you go. I like to always tie it into other things. And then for four years, mm. she was on a show called Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Yeah, I know that one. Oh, my God, you've heard of that? Yes. I have never heard of that show in my life. It was life. like another detective show. Oh, uh, why is it called Scarecrow and Mrs. King? Uh, I think the guy was super skinny or something. Really? Yeah, it was something. Should it was something where it? like no. Okay. Yes, yes, we should watch it. We should watch we it. We should watch it. We should watch okay, it. Okay, I'll make a note that we gotta watch yeah, that. Yeah, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Yeah. We've also had a, a recommendation, although I cannot find it at this point, to watch Mantis. Mantis. Because it it's, uh, stars Carl Lumley. <gasps> what? Yeah, it was like one of the first apparently African American superhero shows. Oh, neat. And it was like in the early nineties. Okay. It stars him. Uh-huh. Um, Carl Lumbly is from Alias, which we are still we watching. We are still watching. <laughs> awesome. Awesome show. And Carl Lumbly is also in Falcon and the Winter yes. Soldier, which we just finished, which was great. So that got Excellent. to Dash and Lily. Yes. Uh, that was very fun. So mm-hmm. he was in that as huh. Isaiah Bradley. So Yes. Yeah. Anyway, then we also had Farrah Fawcett. I suppose I should say Farrah Fawcett Majors. Because that's that was her name in this one. FFM. Mm-hmm. She plays Jill Monroe. She was in Logan's Run and cannonball run or you just know her from that really cool picture 
Or you pretty much know her from that pretty really cool picture that yeah. everybody had. It, Love that picture. It's so cool. Yeah. It's that, so cool. You cannot get a cooler picture than that. It's amazing someone built a career on just an image. Because it was an amazing image. Because Everything it, about that image is iconic. Because, Everything. Because when you look at Farrah Fawcett's career, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I mean, she was very successful and she did a lot of stuff, right. but like... It was really that picture. Yes. She did one season of Charlie's Angels, and she mm. split to have a movie career, which never really took off. Right. So it was really just like that image. Yeah. And she just coasted on that. That's crazy. Because it was just such a great picture. We got Jacqueline Smith, which you yelled at me during the show for mm. not recognizing. Yeah. Uh, she plays Kelly Garrett, and she was in The Born Identity, 1988. <laughs> I didn't know there was a Born Identity movie made in the 80s. I knew the books. With no Matt Damon? <laughs> no Matt Damon. What? He would have been Baby Damon. Baby Damon. But, um, but yeah, I didn't even know they made a movie. I knew the books were old, or like, right. but I didn't know that they made a movie back wow, in the that's 80s. that's crazy. I didn't know, like, I didn't know the Born Identity was a remake. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And she was also in something called The Adventurers. Mm. Then we had David Doyle as John Bosley, mm. who was in Capricorn 1 and The Adventures of Pinocchio. And then I should call him out because we saw him before when we when we did a good old murder she wrote. Mm-hmm. We had Bo Hopkins, who played Bo something or other. Creel. Creel in this. Because uh, they never just called him Bo. Yeah, they called they him They always Creel. called him by his first and last name. But then they, but then they, wasn't he also the great white shark? Yeah, but Why I. Why was he the great white shark? I think because he eats people. Is it? I don't know. Why, why was his because... vintner hiring a man with the epithet great white shark? Because he was like the groundskeeper, right? He was the groundskeeper, and then he murdered uh, her husband. Lemaire. In order to sleep with Rachel. And then take over money okay. or something. Okay. So it, his employees call him that. His employees. Because he's like a hardcore boss. Now, I said when I found out that the he's a main, murder boss. main character's name was Le Maire, yeah. which is the ocean yeah. in French. And then the main bad guy was called the Great White Shark. I was like, oh, well, he's totally in the ocean. This is going <laughs> to be maritime. Somehow this is going to. Well, you're not too far off a swamp. The swamp, but like. Then it should have been, like, something more freshwater, don't you think? (laughs) The Great White Eel. (laughs) The Great White Eels. Uh, This was released March 21st, 1976. The number one song was December 1963, Oh, What a Night by The Four Seasons. Mm -hmm. And the number one movie was Robin and Marion with uh, Sean Connery. Ugh, no thanks. I know you hate him. Uh, What were your predictions for this show? Okay, well, they're really expectations. Uh, I watched the Drew Barrymore movie, and due to cultural osmosis, I know it's about three women who do the bidding of an old white man. I fully expect <laughs> loads of sexism and condescending a-holes. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty close. Yeah. I said this is going to be fun, flirty, and fabulous. No. Sprinkled with a fine dose of sexism disguised as liberation. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I think I'm pretty close on that yeah. one. Although it was not fun. No, it wasn't. I guess it was a little flirty, but it, like well, they the, showed her in her nightgown. That was a nice little night set. That was too. a nice little night set. And, and then, I love the fact she left it as an F U. Yeah, because he commented. <laughs> I was like, on that's it. a nice bitch move. <laughs> I appreciate your bitch. That was probably the best part. That was of the, the whole only show. part of the whole show. Yeah, 
so before we get into the show proper, mm-hmm. do you want to have a little fact section? Yeah. What what kind of facts can you get from Charlie's Angels? Well, that was that was that was something I struggled with. I can imagine to find something. So what I found instead. This is going to end up being more interesting than this uh, episode. I don't know. I've got lots to talk about, apparently. We have a lot. Starting with three little girls. Oh my! Once up, the the show starts out infantilizing. Yeah. The angels right yes. away. It's right once away. upon a time, so it's a it's a story. Once upon a time, there were it's three a, little girls it's a fairy who went to police academy. Little, those little girls. Arr. Oh, and don't worry. Most of the reviews yeah. refer to them as girls. Because uh, you thought the show was for, for women? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's not. It's for horny, gross dudes. Yeah. Like, literally every review was like... Disgusting. <laughs> like, these girls, I'm like, they're in their freaking 20s, man. They're fucking they're women. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell are you talking about? So, But anyway, so I, I looked in it, and you know what I found out? Mm. I found out that the angels were... I didn't... Going into this, I didn't know what the angels did. I knew they, like, solved crimes. <laughs> but I didn't know if they were spies. Right. I didn't know if they were cops. Right. I didn't know if what they were. Turns out they are private investigators of sorts. Which... P.I.s are soups popular in the 70s. Which made me wonder, <laughs> is the whole Robin Masters thing from Mags, uh-huh. from Magnum P.I., yeah. if people haven't listened probably to Probably based old, on Charlie. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. On Charlie. A rich guy uh, who just, just talks to you on yeah, the phone. Yeah. But then again, Robin Masters doesn't give him work. He just gives him a place to live. True. So, but, but he it, still has money. But that's still that vibe. And he gets to drive the Lamborghini. The Lamborghini. Yeah, the rich person yeah. who's kind of like the benefactor of a private investigator. Yeah, because... That's a weird, weird well, specific trope. you can't make any money being a private investigator, according to Veronica Mars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you need those rich benefactors. You know what? But Veronica Mars is probably the most true to life <laughs> how it is to be a private investigator. I looked it up. Of course, we all looked it up at one point. <laughs> Like, what can you do? Yeah. Like, how much can I make? First of all, you had to get uh, a certificate, certificate, Mm -hmm. which I think costs a bit of money. And then it was like, how much you make in a year? And it was like fifty six (laughs) hundred. It's like it was like nothing. It's like, oh well, that's no fun. (laughs) But anyway, so I was looking at these people. I found out they were private investigators. So I looked up the first female private investigator. Okay. Her name was Kate Warren. Mm-hmm. So in 1856, a young widow by the name of Kate Warren walked into the office of the Pinkerton Detective Agency about a job advertisement. Yeah. Alan Pinkerton. They were like, well, you can bring our tea. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Alan Pinkerton, the, who, you know. Yeah, the Pinkerton, tit- yeah. The t- titular Pinkerton. Yeah. Uh, said, he assumed she was there for like a clerical position. Yeah. And she was like, no, no, no. I want this detective job. I'm going to investigate. And he he was like, no, you're... You're, you're a woman. You're your a f- vagina won't allow you to do this. You're a frail woman. <laughs> your vagina ma- renders you incapable of this position. You're incapable of thought. <laughs> Only things you can do are cook and clean for me. But she quickly disavowed him of this and assured him that... Uh, Her vagina was not a handicap. It was not a handicap. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was able-bodied despite having a vagina rather than a penis. Right, right, right. She was okay. And... Um, <laughs> And she said, you know, hey, a female detective would be ideal for you. Because you know what these dudes like to do? They like to brag. 
yeah. they like to brag to women. Oh, yeah. So if they're married, if they have girlfriends, I can become friends with their wives mm-hmm. or girlfriends. Or I can flirt with them, yep. and they're going to want to, like, share all this information. So Pinkerton's like, you know what? That sounds right. That sounds about right. <laughs> Dudes are stupid. Dudes are dumb. So this impressed Pinkerton, so he mm-hmm. gave her the job. Mm-hmm. And, like, right away, he, he put her to work. And there was, like, an embezzling thing that was going on for a company called Adams Express mm-hmm. to the tune of $50,000 in 1856. That's a lot of money. Um, the infl- a lot of money today, too. Yeah, it was a lot of money today. Yeah. The inflation calendar I use doesn't even go back that far. Oh, wow. It only goes back to 1913. So in 1913, it was $1.5 million. Wow. So you, you yeah. go back another 60 years. That was quite That's a chunk That's going to be a change. lot of money, yeah. And their prime suspect was a person named Mr. Marooney. This already kind of sounds like Charlie's Angels a bit. This kind of actually <laughs> sounds like Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Which I liked. She did. So she did exactly what she said she did. Mm-hmm. She would do. She went, befriended Mr. Maroney's wife, got the money, and they were able to put him away for ten years and recover most of the money. I mean, some of it was obviously right. spent at that point. So that was good. Nice. One of her most famous cases was called the Baltimore Plot. Have you ever heard of the Baltimore Plot? It's pretty famous. No. She thwarted an assassination plot against then President Elect. Abraham Lincoln. Wow, no way. She was instrumental in this. Cool. So he had been elected and already, you know, tensions were heating up in the country. And he was traveling from Illinois. He had to go to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And then he was coming down from Harrisburg to Washington, Mm D.C. And there was talk in Maryland where, you know, he'd end up Mm -hmm. of an assassination plot. So she was sent there disguised as a Southern Belle. <laughs> <laughs> and she made her way there and she, she got in contact with the secessionists. Mm-hmm. She flirted with them and beguiled them with her with her charms. Feminine wiles. Her wiles. Those wiles. She got the information. She went back to Lincoln and Lincoln was like, he didn't really put a lot of stock into it at first, but then she eventually convinced him this is this is a real thing. I when don't know. W- this is coming from a vagina. Do you have a penis? Who can verify this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm gonna as he strokes his beard. I'm gonna need a penis to get secondary opinion from a penis. So basically, the idea was when he comes down from Harrisburg to Maryland, there's gonna be like a, a point where he would have to change trains. Oh, like he does in Vampire Hunter. This is exactly Wait, the Baltimore really? plot is what happens in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. No way! So now we're gonna okay. watch it again and see if she's in it. Yeah, I got, I gotta see parallels. Yeah, this is exactly yeah. what happened. Okay. So the plan was he's got to go down to Maryland, then he had to switch trains, mm-hmm. which is like a mile carriage ride. When he arrived at Camden Yards, the next train station, the secessionists would start a, a ruckus okay. of some sort. Which would draw all the police officers to this fight. Right, distraction. And, they, and then yeah. they would surround and murder him. Wow. That was the plan. A tubertin. So what they ended up doing was he kept most of his agenda as it was. Mm-hmm. But then she came up, Katie came up with the plan mm-hmm. to pretend like he was an invalid brother of hers. Okay. Pinkerton cut the telegraph line so no one could get any words that there was any deviations. Nice. She did, got his disguise for him, which was like a shawl and like a woolen cap. And when he met up with her, she was like, oh, it's you, my brother. Right, blah, blah, right, blah, blah, right. Blah. Made a big fuss about it. And he was able to safely get to Washington, nice. D.C. and be sworn in. And basically, it said that on the three-day three journey, she didn't sleep at all. She just was vigilant right. and protected him. Wow. 
And that's where the Pinkerton Agency got its motto, we never sleep. It was directly wow, about her okay. behavior during this time. Nice. So after the Civil so during the Civil War, she continued to do work for the, the uh, Union, mm-hmm. um, obviously. <laughs> uh, she kept working for them after the war, uh, Pinkerton after the war. She was instrumental in solving the murder of a bank teller to the tune of $150,000. Wow, that's a lot, lot of money. Lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then she also uh, solved a murder attempt by a of a Captain Sumner, whose sister and her lover, like his, right, his sister and her lover mm-hmm. were trying to poison him. And so she disguised as a fortune teller, (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome. They need to make a show about this woman. She's cool. Uh, And she got the information and thwarted that. Uh, Unfortunately, she died kind of young. She died at like 35-ish. Oh, wow. She did a lot in her years. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. uh, She died in 1868, her tombstone says, of a congestion of the lungs. Ooh, the consumption. And she's actually buried in Pinkerton's family plot. Oh, that's nice. He cared so much about her that he even put a provision in his will Mm -hmm. that she is not to be moved, that she is to stay in his family plot. Oh, he killed her, did he? (laughs) Yes, of course. But no, I don't think so. It was a a reward for being what he called uh, a woman who had never failed him or an agent who had never failed him. Okay. And there aren't a lot of pictures of her, mm-hmm. but they think that this is one. And I'm going to show you now. That's what she looked like? Yeah. She was dressed as a man. I see that. Uh, to... So that she could get done. Yeah. She was doing a lot of undercover work. Yeah. And, and really good at disguises. Yeah. <laughs> so, She's a beast. I like her. So, yeah. So, that's the that's the story of Kate Warren. The first, isn't she way more interesting than anything else? Oh, my God. Charlie's Angels? Way more. Way more. I've decided Hollywood is the one that perpetuated more sexism. Yeah, yeah. Because we had all these groundbreaking women in the 1800s doing all sorts of badass things. Yeah, yeah. And then Hollywood comes along, and they're like, no, you're frail and stupid and just a sex object. Oh, my God. And it set us back decades. I mean, I swear to God, this show could have been written by Christopher Moore, because I swear to God, it was the stupidest angels. Oh, it was horrid. That was a literary joke. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> no, I knew you got it. Yeah, but I, li- I like Christopher Moore. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. But he would have made it funny. <laughs> yeah, he would This wasn't funny or clever. Yeah, I mean, this was... So basically, just to give you, I, don't, I cannot really describe what happens mm-hmm. because it is just a gobbledygook of scenes. I don't, yeah, I don't even know what's going on. Like, we, we, we followed one angel for like 35 minutes. 30, 30, 30 minutes. Cause she, uh, just one. They call all the, <laughs> the... The show didn't have the forethought that people might actually have like cell phones one day. So... <laughs> All the angels have like a rotary phone just in ludicrous places. A tennis court. <laughs> a tennis court on like a, someone's riding, like right. in the middle of like a whatever they're yeah, called. Yeah, she was on track. a horseback. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I don't remember what the other one was doing. Oh, but I don't even. Who, who knows? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? So we introduce them. They get called in to be talked to by Charlie, mm-hmm. who is just a, a disembodied voice on an intercom, which yeah. is, you know, standard. We all know yeah. that. And Farrah Fawcett Majors, FFM, she calls it out. And she's like, isn't it kind of weird to work for someone you've never seen? And I was like, no, that's f***ing insane. <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing. Like, yeah. You have no idea. You could be working for bad guys. I was like, this could be Alias. Yeah. He could be Sloan. Exactly. This could be SD6. You could be doing, 
like terrorist stuff. Yeah, you have no, no idea. Not really, because you because have... you signed a form that says, "Yeah, I'll never see Charlie." Yeah, because like, like that's what Woodville, Woodville or yeah, whoever never heard, the hell yeah, that yeah, guy Woodville, is. The, He's the, clearly a traitor the, at some lo- point. The lawyer. Yeah. He's a traitor at some point, obviously. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I don't know. This whole show was just stupid. It was just stupid. So their plan is so they they get this this as we've detailed before. So one of the angels, I, is that Jacqueline Smith? I don't know. I get her and Kate Jackson confused. I think actually, I think it's Kate Jackson. She goes in, and her plan is to drive up to this house mm-hmm. where this guy is living with his ex-wife. Well, with the di- dead guy's ex-wife. It's hard just to even freaking ballpark this. Thing. <laughs> she shows up and she's like, "Hey, I'm his daughter." Right. There are no pictures of his daughter, apparently, in the entire no, house. No, just her Every, as an eight-year-old. Everybody in the freaking show has face blindness. Yeah. Multiple times they come mm-hmm. and pretend to be this daughter. Yeah. Like, I almost thought all three of them at some point were going to come in and pretend to be this missing Janet right. Lamar. Yeah. But so no, she, Farrah Fawcett gets to pretend to be a, a swamp hag or something. <laughs> Yeah. A swamp hick. She's like an Appalachian like. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It here. translated to, to like San Francisco or something. I'm like, what is going on here? I had no idea what was happening. No idea. Like, like Ellie Mae Clampett. Yes, she was basically Ellie Mae Clampett <laughs> for the entire episode. So. Um, oh, and I do love how Woodville was like Jill. You look terrible today. Because she put on her glasses and she yeah. had brown hair and a bun. And he was like, ew. You look, you look oh, terrible. You look like an ugamo. It, it was like anti-she's all that. They put yes. glasses <laughs> on Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. And they were like, barf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's going to take a little bit more than some glasses. <laughs> oh man! Um, to make her unattractive. To make her unattractive. Ugh. So whichever angel ends up going to this house, her first instinct, first instinct, mm-hmm. at, at getting there, and being like, "I'm the daughter. You're gonna have to give me this." Is I'm gonna stay in this house with you, murderer. Yeah. I mean, of course, she's <laughs> pretending like she doesn't right. know, that, obviously. But her first instinct as an investigator mm-hmm. is to go take a fucking shower. Because <laughs> there's nothing like. Being extremely vulnerable around murderers. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just going to hang out in a towel because that feels more comfortable to me. <laughs> that feels good. That feels this right feels to right. me. This feels right. And I'm sh- going to wear like some sort of sexy nightgown, too. <laughs> that feels right. That feels that appropriate. feels right. Yeah. I'm going to go take a shower where I obscure my vision and hearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like be cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so then this is bonkers. So then, okay, so they're trying. The bad guys are trying to like expose her as a fraud, because they have yeah. no pictures of this person. Yeah, who is in his will. So they yeah. were obviously close at some point. That was her dad. It was her dad. You'd think they would have one photograph. So they bring in their crooked lawyer, I guess, whoever that yeah. guy was, and he's there to like trick her. Right. And he's like. Remember that time when you were six years old and you rode your chestnut horse over to my offices on 6th Avenue? Right. And she's like, yeah, except it was my seventh birthday. It was uh, Gray, and your... Its name was Cindy. Yeah, and her name was... And I'm like, 
how did they get that? If they are capable of getting that right. level of detail, and she's retaining this information. Yeah. She's like, I know he's going to ask about that horse <laughs> when she turned seven. And my warm milk with nutmeg. <laughs> I thought that was, oh, my God, I thought that was eggnog. <laughs> I thought he was disguising her poisoned in eggnog in, like, middle of summer. <laughs> I was like, gross. <laughs> um, but, like, if they're capable of ferreting out that mm-hmm. type of information, yeah. then there is no way they are not capable of getting all the other information they need. Oh, exactly. I think... Like, okay, how- so the entire point of this one and hour and a half show <laughs> is to get Bo Creel to find the dead body of that guy. Lemaire. That's it. That's it. That is... Is it? That is it. Now, and with the with the with the kids. So thing, they do this convoluted plot that there's oil in them, their swamps. Y- yes, the oil. Okay. I and left they the bring room. in this whole like Iran plot. Oh my God! And then Ellie Mae Clampett is trying to sell her land or something. <laughs> now, I uh, full disclosure, I left the room when the oil and the Iranian <laughs> subplot, oil subplot, yeah. came. In. Now, were there actually Iranians? No, on no. The show? Okay, I didn't know if they hired. They just thought that. Eastern people to no. pretend. They just thought Iran would be a part of it because it's oil. <laughs> they jumped wow. to a lot of conclusions. Wow. So <laughs> there was a lot of jumping to conclusions. But the thing with like the horse, like that one very specific, right. like, dude, if you ask me something about, oh my God, if I was six, right. a specific instant, I would probably not be able to tell dude. you, dude. I had horses, and I can't. I can't tell you. Oh, when I was six years old, I had this horse named Star. Actually, no, I had that horse when I was eight. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole different thing. But the only thing, the only way that would work is if the real Janet Lamar, <laughs> if she had like a bug in her ear, yeah. feeding her the right answer. Exactly. But no, she's just prepared yeah. with this obscure oh, moment because they said they had kidnapped the real Janet and gave her a truth drug. A truth drug to get all of this information. And, of course, this is all a fabrication. This is when they get outed as yeah. a... Okay, that's when the first angel gets outed as a phony. And then and the then they second have... <laughs> angel gets outed as a phony. Both by Tommy Lee Jones, both through traffic collisions on the same stretch of road. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones, Jones just his... shows up for, like, five scenes. Scene one, crash. Scene two, crash. crash. <laughs> Scene three. Oh my god, I wrote this down because I was so confused. Uh, living wage means something else up here than it does over the hill. The end of scene. What does that mean? <laughs> and it was that was the whole scene, guys. That was the whole line yeah, to just... that scene, and we we're like, what the? F-? <laughs> what is happening? Does he want a job with these people? Like, well, yeah. What was to... happening? What's going on here? We had no idea. Yeah, and the show does not clue you in at no. any point. But it's just so funny that like. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones in his first two scenes are getting in car accidents in the same place with two different angels. <laughs> who are both pretending to be his childhood sweetheart, Jill. And he's Jill. the only one who figures it out. He's the only one who figures it out. Because yeah. I love how everybody in this show is just prepared with an, a childhood anecdote. Yeah. Now, apparently, he has taken a blood oath. <laughs> like, he's from f***ing spellsofmagic.com with... With the real Janet Lemaire. The real Janet. They've got, it's like, so Janet Lemaire and him would have been friends when she was not just a child. Right. Like, when they were, like, I don't know, probably 16 or something Mm -hmm. is what my uh, take was. Well, no, she was kicked out of the house at, like, I think 10, I think age 10, which is why there's no Uh, pictures of her as an older person. Okay. Which is why everybody can fake being her. 
Yeah, everyone can fake being her, and uh, everybody, but everybody has very distinct memories of her. Yeah, but do not recognize her as an adult. No. If you see pictures of me as a child, I still look like yes, me. I look do. like an older version of me. Well, now that's not true of me. I look nothing like I did when I was younger. That's true. I mean, yeah. nothing. In fact, my face changes every five years. <laughs> Through no control of my own, it just changes every five years. I look completely just, different you'd be every a great five spy. years. I would be a great spy because my face is constantly changing its appearance. But it's always beautiful. Oh, thank you. I know. But yeah, so so that was crazy. So like Tommy Lee Jones, and I'm rubbing my head as I say this because I'm trying to wrap my This plot brain is so it. convoluted. He is not involved in any illicit activity. No, I think he's However, just there to get a job for his dog. <laughs> for his dog. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. dog Mike. His dog Mike. He <laughs> is prepared when meeting someone on the road that claims to be Janet Lemaire, and he has no reason to doubt her, but also, like, why wouldn't he recognize her? Right. Like, with a, like, a, oh, remember that? Everybody has, like, a little anecdote. Remember when we were down by the barn by the river and you fell out and I broke my collarbone? And she's like, oh, yeah, because she doesn't have that information. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so the first fake Janet tells the second fake Janet that barn story. And then when she crashes into Tom yeah, Healy Jen. because the barn story is a fake. Then they talk about the barn story. And he's like, oh, my effing God, you're fake, too. Why do I keep? <laughs> and, and then he's like, he's like, this has been a very eventful curb this week. And yeah. she's like, haha. And I'm like. Why wouldn't you clarify? Why wouldn't you be like, what do you mean by that? What are you talking about? (laughs) Because now she's just basically implied that she knows that he already crashed into another fake Janet the day before. Yes. I'm so... Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. So... And I'm like, I feel like there are people, olds, (laughs) that would have... Who watched this when it came out and be like, we're being stupid. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not trying to get it. But it literally is that confusing. Nothing makes sense. Things just get thrown at the wall. It Mm -hmm. feels like just to fill out time. Yes. And I think, honestly, if I want to... Just so that they can show those Charlie Angel silhouettes before commercials. (laughs) The little prayer silhouettes. Oh, so (laughs) disgusting. And the one in the middle is wearing boots only. Do you think there's, (laughs) is there an anti-Charlie's Angels? Like an anti-Christ, like, group? Like, they should have, they should have a Moriarty. Charlie's Demons? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Like, they they should have a Moriarty situation, like, with a bad group of devils. Versus the angels. Well, isn't that what that Harley Quinn group is? <laughs> what? Doesn't uh, her birds of prey or whatever? No, 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 no. It, that's, that's what? It, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean in the show? In the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I'm not just talking in general. Oh, uh, like, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, in the show, I think that would have been way more interesting. Right. But like to jump ahead, kind of. Yeah, girl on girl. You like a little girl on girl action, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of writing I would have been in this show. <laughs> no, no. They wouldn't have been that funny. Yeah. No. No, to, to jump to the end, basically, of our podcast, whether I recommend it or not, mm-hmm. I think this show might have been okay. Mm. I don't recommend it at all. I think it's extremely problematic. I think it would have been okay for its time, maybe, if it was a half an hour shorter. Yeah. Don't be don't be an hour and fifteen minutes. I mean, like again, hour and thirty with right. commercials. Like tighten this thing up because mm-hmm. it just felt like a whole bunch of garbage being thrown at the wall. Yeah. Which made everything confusing. Which, as you said, the answer to this is the daughter is alive. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have. She any... just needs to show up, take back her land, have the swamp dredged. Boom! You've got your killer. Yeah. If, if just her. Super being a... 
simple. All or just her being alive is enough to thwart their plans. Yeah. She is alive. She is alive. That's it. So, and no one says she has to have any interaction with him. She nope. just has to make herself known, her mm -hmm. presence known. Exactly. Which she hasn't even been hiding. I don't even know why people don't know she exists. Yeah. I don't. Everyone's so <laughs> shocked that she appears. Yeah. And it's like, but she's not dead. No, and then in the end, it hooks up with Tommy Lee Jones, who I guess now finally has a job at, at, at that his winery. Dog at <laughs> his dog has a job. I had no idea what his purpose was, except to be the man who saves the day in the end because the angels suck yeah. at their job. Like, I just don't, I don't understand why Charlie gives a shit. I don't know why he does what he does. Yeah. Like, I don't... Well, I think, okay, so the last five seconds we finally figured out that Janet's gonna pay him a quarter of a million dollars to figure this right. out. Right, okay. That's... That's incentive. A, that's a good incentive. That's a good incentive. But also too. We also find out that you you expect are broke. yes. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> he makes a lot of effing money. Yes. And then like Farrah Fawcett's like, I don't understand why I always have a negative deficit in my bank. And, and then, I'm like, well, that's because he's hired girls. <laughs> that's why he's hired girls. He, so he only has him. to pay you half as much as you deserve. <laughs> But since you're so incompetent, maybe you deserve that amount. And then, oh, and just a kind of a side thing about Charlie, because he mm -hmm. only hires women. Only. And apparently, he only hires women who will like give him hand jobs and like yes. saunas and stuff. Yes. As disembodied voices. Yeah, it's really gross. But Hi, Charlie. Here's oh. your mochaccino. All those women there. <laughs> whenever you cut to those scenes where you never see, it's always a POV shot of him. Of these women, mm -hmm. all those women know who he is. How is his identity a secret? Maybe because they think he's like a banker and not a PI. Okay. Oh. oh okay. Oh, the the people he's hired. The the his, people who the the sexual women. His his his, his, his concubines. concubines. <laughs> <laughs> At least concubines. Yeah. But like, yeah, I never understood. I just, I still don't understand. I guess the money is a good thing. But I was like, is this just a hobby for him? Is it a kink for him to put women in peril? I have like, no idea. Like, I don't really understand why he cares. And again, it makes even less sense <laughs> when Janet is alive. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make any kind of sense. It was an hour and 15 minutes of a show that like... It didn't matter. It did not she matter. She would have taken over the Yeah, the, the it state. did not matter. She could have dredged the swamp mm -hmm. to find her father's and body. And it's not like she was even close with her father. As I said, she was kicked out as a little girl. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. So why does she care? I mean, like, she hasn't seen, she's, I don't know, 25. She hasn't seen her father in right. a decade and a half. Yeah. They're not close. Nope. <laughs> you know, so. This was so stupid. It was so dumb. So stupid. I hated everything about this show. Everything. I like, I really honestly, at one point I was like, am I just tired or do I just not get this? Right. I don't get the appeal. And I guess mm -hmm. the appeal is the women. I think that's the appeal. Is Doing stuff. Spice stuff. Stuff. Like very slow action scenes. Like they're oh underwater. Oh my God. <laughs> Throwing those punches. And she is, at one point, one of the girl, uh, one of the women, I don't remember which one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> one of the brunettes. Not Farrah Fawcett. Not Farrah Fawcett. Because like she tries to kick somebody and she goes, hi, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then. And it was so slow. It was in slow motion, but not. That was just, she couldn't kick worth a damn. <laughs> 
And Farrah Fawcett, I don't know, was she playing dumb blonde or something? Because every time she talked, you'd be like, good girl. That's a good girl. <laughs> That's a good girl. Give her a treat. Oh, Girls, my God. So I was like, wow, she's, like, so dumb. They're criminals. Yes, Farrah. Yes, good catch, Farrah. <laughs> but then she was the only one who was willing to get into that swamp at the end. Right. And I thought she was going to do something. Nope. She was was hiding from the man. I was mistaken. (laughs) She was hiding until the police showed up to actually solve the crime. Yeah, and then in the end, Charlie helps too because he's like, oh, no, I knew you guys would bungle this, so I called the cops. No, he doesn't even call the cops. He calls Tommy Lee Jones just some (laughs) rando with a dog. He's like, I know my incompetent angels can't handle this. Could you bum f***, dude, can you go help them out against these criminals? And he's like, sure will. I mean, maybe that's why I don't get paid very much. I don't right. know. But, but anyway, so Farrah Fawcett Majors is in the swamp. Yes. Behind the boat of the bad guy. And yeah. I'm like, okay, she's going to like. Pull him down into pull the swamp. Pull him down and tackle him, and they're going to be a fight. And see, so they come out of the reeds, mm-hmm. and the cops are there, and she's like, I'm over here. <laughs> and I was like, he's going to run over her with the boat. And then we're and like, he no. doesn't. He, he just, just quietly, peacefully quietly turns himself. In, yeah. He's just like, I'm, I'm busted, I guess. Yeah, and I'm like, I would run over he's her He's already with the boat. in it for murder one. <laughs> I would run over Farrah Yeah, Fawcett. I would take out as many people as I could on my way out. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be better in the long run for me. Yeah. <laughs> Make me feel better. And then it was funny when she's uh, FFM, mm-hmm. when she's playing the Appalachian girl uh, in the swamp. Ellie Mae Clampett. Ellie Mae Clampett. Yeah. J- Jilly Lou is who she's. Jilly Lou. <laughs> she's playing Jilly Lou. She's she's trying to like um. So basically, the bag is so confusing. The bad guy now wants to buy the swamp. Because he had sold it in order to buy a car. No, he had sold... He sold it to somebody named Hawkins. Hawkins. We thought it was Tommy Lee Jones, but it's not Tommy Lee Jones. It's not Tommy Lee Jones. It's just garbage land. So, Lemaire is a piece of shit. He just, like, sold his garbage land to someone for a car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the angels are pretending, like... I don't know how they get the documentation to prove this. Or just the fact that they have a shack Mm -hmm. on the swamp. (laughs) But they... The bad guys know to go to the shack. Right. Jilly May or Farrah Fawcett May just yeah. comes out as Jilly May. And she's like, oh, yeah, the Iranians were here. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to give me money. He's like, well, I'll pay you 25 grand. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, they went much higher than that. Mm-hmm. They said, I'll offer you 100000 but I'll go higher. And I'm like, what kind of dumbass negotiator <laughs> is like, I'll give you 100000 but I'm willing to go a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I think I'll just go with 100000 <laughs> Why don't you give me your top offer first? Yeah. And we'll work from there. <laughs> Instead of saying, I'll give you a dollar, but I'll, I'm willing to give you... I'm willing to go up to 10 I The sky's the limit. It's like, well, give me that limit, Then you're going to pay the sky. <laughs> yeah, it was good to have a man save the day. It was great. Uh, <laughs> she even got to be baked. So that Tommy Lee Jones could hide in the tree and jump the guy? Yeah. It was crazy. There was, like, the the angels are incompetent. Oh, 100%. They they are pretending to be Janet Lemaire 2. Yeah. The sequel. They're, and this time they're pretending to be super rich and, yeah. and all this stuff. And this is where Farrah Fawcett Majors is reversed. She's all that that. Yeah. And they're, like, in this uh, suite in this hotel and... They're looking for bugs, but they're, like, talking mm-hmm. like they're in character. Right. And this this supposedly posh hotel is taupe and beige. It's so gross. It's the most bland-looking <laughs> office you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, but Except the room... for... 
<laughs> the one thing they are not looking at. The huge pink flowers. <laughs> the huge bouquet front to camera. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, hey. hey I bet it's over there. <laughs> and they're like, aha. We it found it. Conservatively 10 minutes to look at the <laughs> obviously newly placed bouquet of flowers right. for the for the buck. Ugh. Ugh. I oh hated God. this show. Let's go to reviews. I'm done talking about this. This is so bad. Okay. The first review is entitled Angel Cake. Ew. And just to be full disclosure, I didn't use them all. Oh, gross. But lots of the reviews mention cheesecake or cake or insisted on calling them girls. Ew. And people also seem to really like to write about them. Whether they like the show or not. Like, Gross. I'm talking, like, freaking essays on, on this show. Yeah. I mean, calling them girls, I mean, the show establishes that, but yeah. still really weird and creepy. To, it's like, gross. To, like, call these, like, obviously, like, because they're sexualized. Yeah. So, yeah. You, these girls, but you're also sexualizing yeah. them. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. 10-year-old girls have to deal with sexual harassment. Yeah, exactly. Because of shit like this. Exactly. Well, this learn is... what a girl is and learn what a woman is. Know the difference. Because there's a big fucking difference. <laughs> right? Uh, we got Angel Cake from BK Gogenbing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And they say, previous to Charlie's Angels, the only female private detective I recall from Telogen was Honey West with Anne Francis. Oh, I guess Honey West was the show. Never heard of it. Anne was certainly a sight to behold, but the male of the species got to gawk at three lovely beauties. Ew. All working for the never-seen Charlie, but with the voice of John Forsyth issued from their weekly case. Ugh. Only Jacqueline, Jacqueline Smith lasted the entire run of the show. The original female operatives, Kate Jackson and Farrah Fawcett, were the other two original angels. Farrah, blah, 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 who cares? And then this person tells us who other angels were. Charlie's Angels featured beautiful women who competed and, oh, competed and well in a man's game of private detective. That's, in a man's game, is it? Uh, oh, 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 the only other, uh, the only other regular they were saying is David Doyle as Bosley, who functioned as Higgins from, uh, for Robin mm-hmm. Masters from Magnum. Yeah. And they said they were convinced Bosley was gay or he would have made a move on one of the angels. <sighs> they are empl- employed. They are of his employ. You know, I... D- <sighs> When was this written? This was written five years ago. Basically, they didn't like it. I don't know why I even chose it. Honestly, all the reviews were terrible for this. The, like, They're just gross. They're, They're just they, gross. They were all, yeah, I was trying to find a They're review They're in so little shits. Yeah. Is all it boils down to. It was all gross, like, so, so that was. These a, reviews are actually kind of pissing me off. <laughs> okay. Well, this one's not going to do much better Great. for you. Uh, this is Charlie's Angels as a cultural icon from Angel Muse. Uh, I was seven when Ange- Charlie's Angels first aired. Little did I think that 30 years later, I would still be talking about the angels. Ew. The show captured the imagination of this nation and the world. No, it didn't. It had glamorous settings like a swamp. Like a swamp? <laughs> exquisite fashions. <laughs> like bell bottoms? Like bell bottoms, flare jeans, beautiful women. And intriguing, often groundbreaking plots. Nuh-uh. <laughs> I don't think it's... It, no. All these things were a part of the Charlie's Angel phenomena. And yet, the key for me has always been the relationship of the three main characters. 
This was a true team of friends who didn't resort to the stereotypical cat fights that most women on TV often got into. Cagney and Lacey didn't get into cat nope. fights. Cagney and Lacey were awesome. They were three equals who depended on one another with confidence. Yes, they were beautiful and they used their sexuality, but they did so with brains and courage. Yeah. I consider myself lucky to have grown up with the angels as my role models. A girl could do a lot worse. Uh, no. The no, actually. <laughs> no, that's a pretty bad role model. The plots may have been silly, but the relationships were genuine. Oh, whatever. Yeah, a lot of the reviews, like I said, were really pervy. Yeah. Like, oh, I just loved watching these angels every week. Ugh. It was just gross. It was just gross. I'm trying not to be gross. Right. So I ended up with two dumbass people. Right. I either the show is terrible. It is awful. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I would not greenlight it. No. And like I said, they are lucky they are making movies to this day. Right. And the new movie was way better mm -hmm. than this is. I'm not saying it was like amazing. I'm right. just saying if this show had been more like that movie, mm -hmm. that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think a lot of women were duped into thinking this was feminism. I think so. I guess. I don't know. I mean, like, I can't speak to the, right. the mindset of the time, really. I don't right. know. Or maybe I expect more from women. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, and we should say that this is an Aaron Spelling joint. Yeah. I think it was his first produced TV series. Okay. And he will actually be producing our next series next week. Who f***ing Ray? When we do 90210 as we continue fun in the sun week so there's a little spoiler for next week excellent i didn't i didn't mean to pick like aaron's but now i feel like i should have picked three aaron's spelling things oh wait no 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 next week is baywatch you get a reprieve from aaron thank spelling. god <laughs> get rid of this sexualization of women i'm gonna something. watch some sexualization of both men and, and women. women there's nothing wrong with there's that. nothing wrong if you're sexualizing both just stop it focusing on one. Yeah. And making them incompetent. At least these sex objects can save f***ing lives. Yeah. Can the angels say the same? They're they incompetent they, as shit. They didn't do anything. They don't deserve <laughs> their quarter of a million paycheck. They don't. They All they did was cause chaos. Pure chaos. You know, like, I guess, I, I mean, like, I just, I don't understand. I still, I just don't understand what the plan was. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, yeah, no one believes that a guy nicknamed the Great White Shark right. is capable of murder because she's a woman, so they don't right. want to listen to her. I get that. Okay. But, like, who cares? You weren't close to him, and you're going to inherit the place anyway. Which, like I said, but once, nobody you, seems to know once you inherit it, dredge the swamp. And then you can be that like, way you can find the body and be like, well, it was definitely Cree. Uh, and you I know? was like, see, motherfuckers? Yeah. I was right. It Next was time, right. listen to me. Instead now, of I, having I to, to hire this a joker. quarter million dollars to hire some sort of randos to pretend to be me <laughs> in order to infiltrate my house and then pretend to find out who's really killing who? Who's killing? It, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just really wanted to be sitting in, in the meeting where they're like, what if we pretend there's oil in the swamp? <laughs> I, know. I know. Before I knew who had hired them, I was like, this is a faulty plan. The angel poses as Janet while the real Janet is still at large. Yeah. She could come in any minute and, and ruin everything. And it's not like the people who are like the great white shark and yeah. uh, the wife, mm -hmm. the ex-wife. It's not like they are... Not able to access the funds. Yeah. They could find this out. They could find oh, this yeah. information out easily. They could Definitely. have murdered her already. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Because, like, when she first walked in as, a, as the fake Janet, I go, he's like, but I already killed you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the only explanation why this would be weird. It's yeah. like, if I know you're dead. Yes, exactly. But It didn't make any kind of they sense. They, like, never bothered to do no. even, like, a little bit of back. And so, okay, so that's the idiot's villains we're dealing with. Uh-huh. Now, think of how much of a dumbass you have to be to not be able to crack this case in a second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite lines, is, there's a lot of, like, good lines in this in the show and when i say that i'm being completely facetious yeah one of my favorite moments is when they drug her eggnog (laughs) with a sleeping potion i'm like why not just give her a potion that would kill her no because they want her to drown in the swamp when she's in a garbage bag yeah (laughs) that was my thing with the with the dead body i'm like just leave him there he's probably he's been dead no they wrapped him in a garbage bag. And I'm like, well, yeah, now it's going to look like he was murdered. And they they tied him down and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that looks like murder. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the guy just took a tumble in the swamp and died. And Because uh, I was like, it was, it's was it been long enough mm-hmm. that he's going to be officially declared dead. So I, I yeah. remember what the time frame is. But it's a long, I think it's like a year and a day. That's like a mourning period. Right. So, like, why not just be, like, I'm like, by that point, he's going to be so eaten up by polywogs yeah. and... You're not going to know if snake. he was murdered. You're not going to be able to tell. No. Unless you did something stupid. Unless like, you hire bones. Oh, yeah. Or there's like, yeah, and this is the 70s, and everyone's yeah. an idiot. Exactly. But but anyway, so he drugs uh, the first fake Janet Lamar mm-hmm. with her eggnog. Right. Which she won't be able to taste the poison because of the nutmeg on top. Right. And he walks into her bedroom. He rips off her 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 bedding. We get a nice backside look of her in her nightie. Yeah, and he's like, ooh, that's a nice nightie. <laughs> it's too bad she'll catch her death of cold in the swamp wearing that. Yeah. Just like her father. And I was like, her father was wearing a nightie in the swamp? <laughs> yeah, but then that's when the angel, like, left the nightgown for him. Yeah, that was funny. That was hilarious. It's like, ha-ha. Yeah, that was good. That was a nice bitch move. That I like that. was the only good part of the whole that thing. Was the only good part. It's like, I knew what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> you never caught me. Piloting the Pilots releases each Tuesday. It can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and wherever else fine podcasts can be found. Oh, we're done. Nice. As always, <laughs> you can contact us with any questions or rebuttals on Twitter at Pilot Pilots or email us, pilotingthepilots at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And we have to find wherever Mantis is then. Yeah. yeah. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a listener request, yeah. we're, we're going to do it. I just got to find it. I yeah. think... It's kind of hard to find. It's, is it on YouTube? I looked. It, only the opening credits, which are pretty amazing, hmm. I must say. But I have not been able to find the actual show yet. Okay. So we'll look. Okay. So tentatively, then, next week will be Baywatch. Right, right, right. That's the plan. If I can find Mantis, we, yeah, we might. there might be an audible. I don't know. I might just throw in Shadow and Bone. And we, we came so very close to watching Shadow and I Bone. I wish we had. <laughs> okay. Do you want to watch Shadow of I'm just saying, this show sucked ass. <laughs> I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> well, the rest of the day will be delightful. Won't it? Because we have to go to work now. Yeah, I know. But anyway, so I hope everyone has a great week. Yeah. Tentatively, like I said, Baywatch, there might be a change. If there is a change, I'll tweet it out if anyone's interested. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. And we love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye, angels. Ew. <laughs> better than that.